Five Movies of One, your co-host, Chris Gasper. And this is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 75 of The Spin Chagrin. Last week's category was Ninja's Attack with an exclamation mark. So, um, Frank, what did you come up with for the um, the original category of Ninja's Attack? So, first of all, in my head, I just thought of the category as something to do with ninjas. To allow myself a broader scope of movies okay. to go with. Okay. Um, I've watched do they, a lot of. Do they attack though in the movie that you chose? Uh, oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's ninja attacks in in both of the Spin Chagrin movies. Can you imagine a movie where there's a ninja that does not attack? Like, yeah, I don't know. Story I, bit. I think that's like Chekhov's gun, right? It's like Chekhov's ninja. Like if a ninja appears in the scene, it's got to attack, right? Somebody or use some kind of ninjutsu or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So there's two movies. Um, both from the mid '90s era. Um. Both pretty roundly awful, each in their own way. Uh. So I think I, I'm not sure which one of these is the actual Spin Sugar movie. So we're going to talk about both of them, and then we'll we'll go from there. Okay. Um. So the first movie I watched is a movie that was made sort of after like my interest in such things was waning um and that's teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 mm. okay. um there is no subtitle to this unlike secret of the use um was <laughs> okay. kevin nash on this one no uh uh-uh. oh, okay but uh elias cotius is oh okay so that's um him. he 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 plays casey jones are you familiar with casey jones yeah 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 so that's him um and Corey Corey Feldman and Robbie Rist do um voice work in this movie mm. as Donatello and Michelangelo respectively. Okay. Um. No. He so, did not do voice work previously to this, right, Feldman? I have no idea. I okay, have I'll never I have never looked up any of the Turtles movies. Okay. Um. Even though I've seen the other two, I'll find it out. Um. So. First of all, it's really difficult to watch a live action yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie um as an adult because there's such an uncanny valley thing happening with the turtles themselves. Right. Um and it's really like off putting because they're clearly just dudes in rubber suits. Like I would think there'd be there's probably some CGI smoothing, and I haven't seen the more modern turtles movies. Um but the movie takes place um the sewers of new york obviously uh opens with a montage of the turtles um training um including doing the breakfast club like i can't like almost like bushwhacker walk you know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh-huh. they, do. they do that they do a fours and they go backwards with it um doing various things to hone their skills uh oh, we're tired. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelangelo um puts a uh, or no, April O'Neil comes back from thrift shopping and buys Michelangelo a um uh shit. I can't think of like a lampshade, right? Lampshade. Okay. I was gonna call it a light screen. <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't think of words, but it's a lampshade. But Michelangelo puts a lampshade on his head and makes some joke about um, 
Elvis Presley in Blue Hawaii or whatever. I don't know. I okay. I don't understand references. I don't. I guess anymore. Okay. Um. So she buys Donatello this thing that's like uh. Maybe she buys it for Splinter. Um. Oh, I forgot. So the opening of this movie is actually pretty awesome. Um. So for about four minutes, this movie has a lot of problems, and it's basically ripped out of like uh like a late seventies like Toho like ninja warrior production of um a band of samurai chasing a lone swordsman across the beach with like the red sun hmm. setting in the background and it's pretty awesome like everything's like bathed in red and then right. they attack him in the woods and they surround him and they overpower him then you jump to the turtle training montage <laughs> um so april brings this like it looks like the leg to like a coffee table from like 1962. Okay. Um, and that's like got some mystical power. So like, look, this movie is fucking awful. And I really, the more I think about it and like, I'm forcing myself to recall it, the angrier I am that I watched it. Uh-huh. Uh, even though I was kind of nonplussed at the time. Uh-huh. Um, so through some mystical confluence, the turtles are transported back to feudal era, Japan, <laughs> I'm sorry, April is first, because April's holding the thing, and she gets switched places with um, this kid who's, like, the son of the Diamo or whatever. Um, he's the one that was getting chased in the beginning. Um, so now he's a modern day wearing April O'Neil's clothes, and she's in the past wearing his clothes. Um, so in short order, the Turtles figure out that if they hold this thing they can switch places with somebody in the past and the prince dude who can speak perfect English is like, Hey, um, that that's from the temple. If you hold that, you'll switch places with four of the monks from the temple. And, um, Michelangelo is like, well, I'm putting on pants and the other <laughs> turtles are like, why are you putting on pants? And he's like, well, dude, if we're switching places and we switch clothes, we're naked. So these guys aren't going to be wearing anything. Mind you, the turtles are wearing belts and bandanas around their eyes, right. as the turtles are wont to do. But when they switch places, number one, they switch places with the Diamo's honor guard, um, who are all naked except the guy who's wearing pants. Well, they're not naked. They're wearing their underpants. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the bandanas or the belts, so the turtles kept those. So... That's it's weird. a yeah it's a selective transference of clothing i mean it is very thoughtful to think of that though well just michelangelo because nobody else will put on pants michelangelo is <laughs> the only one that does it okay. so there's this guy wearing like zuba pants and then everybody else is wearing like diapers like <laughs> japanese feudal diapers or whatever um so they get teleported into the middle of a giant battle and they're all fighting on horseback and Michelangelo is facing the wrong way, of course, because he's wacky. And his horse runs in the opposite direction and carries him off into the woods while the other turtles um, fight and end up getting, like, do they get captured? Eh, something happens. And they end up back at the castle of the Diamo. So Michelangelo gets taken by these rebels who are led by this young girl, and he gets knocked out, and then the other turtles 
follow find him somehow i don't remember how they get there but they go to the village and they're gonna kill michelangelo but then this little boy like something happens to him he drowns i guess and they save him by performing cpr and then they're heroes um but then their uh table leg gets stolen so they can't teleport back um and it turns out that april o'neill like the diamo thought that she was a witch and there's this western guy this englishman who's like trading with them who's selling guns to the japanese so they can win this war against other japanese people okay um and elias codius is there too even though casey jones was forced to stay in the modern day there's a guy who looks just like him so april o'neill has to flirt with him obviously because she's like in love with the one human dude in her life considering she's surrounded by four turtles and a rat right. um so of course the british guy is double crossing everybody and Elias Codius works for him, and he's double-crossing April O'Neil, and the Turtles agree to help the villagers out, and even though they're kind of pissed because their table leg gets stolen and they don't want to be tricked, but then they change their minds and they're going to help fight this battle, and everybody loves Michelangelo and Raphael, who are both feeling underappreciated at home, so they're really digging being in the past. So they get in this big fight, and... um the guy the evil british guy he double crosses everybody so he ends up just getting his comeuppance and the turtles want to go back home they only they only have a 60 hour window 60 hours i don't know why 60 but that's anyway that's their time limit and so all this is happening in the span of like two and a half days so all everybody wants to go back home except michelangelo and Raphael want to stay because they're actually appreciated then they get talked into leaving, but then Michelangelo gets stuck behind. So they switch places with the Honor Guard. Meanwhile, the Honor Guard were in New York making friends with Casey Jones, who was teaching them, like, all the, the whatever, the general. There's, like, a brief montage of him, like, teaching them how to be American, basically. But then Michelangelo and them switch places. Everybody's back together. Um, and Michelangelo is talking to Splinter, and he's, this is the end of the movie, and he's like, um, oh, I'm sad that I gotta grow up. And Splinter's like, um, just because like you've gained wisdom doesn't mean you can't be a child at heart and he puts the lampshade on his head and he's like just like Elvis Presley in Blue Hawaii ha 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 and then all the turtles come out and they're doing the um breakfast club dance again Michelangelo is like ah you guys are so wacky and that's <laughs> that's, that's the end of the turtles movie it feels like there's a lot going on in that movie for something so bad and dumb. Yeah, I glossed over a lot of it because I just didn't care. But um, who's who's making a? This is ostensibly a kids' movie. Who's making a fucking Elvis Blue Hawaii joke? Like, what year is this? Like early nineties? Yeah, remember how we um, ninety three? I don't know. That we... feels like that feels like really like an old reference to make, even at that time. Remember how we watched Willow and Willow had a bunch of like hello fellow fellow kids jokes in it? Yeah. Um, I think that's the same thing here. I think this was written let's see, it was written by the guy who directed it, Stuart Gillard. Um He directed Rocket Man in ninety seven. Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
he was a pretty old dude at that point, so he probably thought that an Elvis reference was relevant. To be fair, I'm sure you would have gotten an Elvis. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten that reference because I still don't get it today, but you <laughs> would have gotten an Elvis. Like, you would have at least known. I would have known who Elvis was, and I, I, I would have seen Blue Hawaii. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how common that was. My mom really liked Elvis, so. Well... So what you're telling me though is that like basically season two of Heroes kind of like uh ripped off a, a story, like a plot line from Ninja Turtles story. Yes, it's true. Okay. It's good material. Apparently they also they, they watch Blue Hawaii on the cable television is what um what Splinter says. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know maybe yeah I mean Elvis movies used to come on I used to just not watch them when they came on I mean they were on often enough I suppose during that time to get it but I mean is I'm just saying is like that's something that the kids are going to pop to like in 1993 I don't think so it's weird was the dude I old? cannot I cannot read I cannot find a reference to Elvis Presley in a lampshade I want to see a picture of this. Because it's like everybody understands the joke in the Turtles movie, and I should know. Oh, right. here's a lampshade with Elvis Presley on it. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it either. I'm almost positive it's Blue Hawaii. I don't know. It is. It's Blue Hawaii. It's referenced with Ninja Turtles three. I just don't get. The, I don't get it. No, it's. Fine. I mean, I haven't seen Blue Hawaii since I was like eight years old, probably. So. There's nothing to get. Right. I suddenly want an Elvis lamp, though. Do you? Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> I don't really like. Are Elvis. you looking at the one with the blue suede shoes? I'm looking at a bunch of them. Mm. I have a montage, a collage. Some of these are pretty horrifying, actually, though. Yeah, well, you know, things things can be sad <laughs> and scary. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, let's move on to the next Spin Chagrin movie. Um, this one is for you. Oh, okay. Awesome. Because uh, it's definitely not for me. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about 1996's The Secret Agent Club, um, <laughs> starring starring uh-huh. Hulk Hogan. Um, the tagline to The Secret Agent Club... The Secret Agent Club actually has two taglines. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The first one is... It's 10 p.m., do you know where your dad is? <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. The answer in this movie is kidnapped mm. at 10 p.m. Mm. And then the other tagline is true lies meets home alone. <laughs> but really, it's <laughs> Goonies, not home alone. Mm. Because the kids aren't luring the bad guys into their house to get them with traps. Okay. The kids are going on an adventure against the bad guys. Yeah. Have you seen the Secret Asian Club? I got about halfway through it, and I never fit, I fell asleep, and then I went back and finished it. I couldn't. Do oh. it. well, you missed the best parts. Okay. Um, Secret Agent Club, nineteen ninety six. I uh, saw Hulk Hogan video. playing the dad, so yeah, that was yeah, enough. It's, it's you got it. You spoiled eighty percent of the movie because that's the joke. <laughs> um, so it starts Hulk Hogan, Leslie Ann Down, um, Richard Mole, uh, Barry Boswick, James Hong, Jack Nance of all people. Yeah. Um, did you get to the Jack Nance part? Yes. Okay. So Hulk Hogan 
plays I've already forgotten this dude's name, Ray 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 Chase. <laughs> and yes. Ray Chase is a secret agent who working for the CIA, but actually working for a group called Shadow, which is like the secret secret arm of the government that foils like evil plots. So he goes to this unnamed place in this unnamed country. And Leslie Ann Down is selling this laser gun, one single laser gun, yes. that can blow somebody up when you shoot them with it. Here's the catch. A bullet can also kill somebody when you shoot them with it. <laughs> so you can just have a gun and shoot someone. So if it was like a million laser guns, maybe you got something, but it's one laser gun. So ultimately... Four people running at the person with a laser gun are going to beat that person up and take that laser gun, and they've got nothing after that. Yes. Let alone against, like, armies. So, already this movie has the dumbest plot ever, but this is where we're going. So, Leslie and Down looking, like, super hot in this, like, slinky, mm -hmm. like, um, evening dress, and you've seen this part, is selling this gun to um, basically the same collection of people that were in American Ninja 3 trying to get the bubonic plague um so they could murder everyone or was that for one of those american ninja movies um so to demonstrate the ability because there's this one arabic prince who doubts the power of the laser gun leslie and down blows up her thai or filipino um manservant by shooting him in the chest and he evaporates yeah um, so Hulk Hogan infiltrates the castle and there's this old Russian general walking around that Hulk Hogan beats up, um, and switches clothes with, like he steals his clothes. So they magically perfectly fit Hulk Hogan. Like they're not ill-fitting at all. <laughs> right. So Hulk Hogan infiltrates, um, the demonstration of the laser gun and watches this man get murdered. And decides he's going to steal the laser gun. So the way that he does that is he takes a glass of wine and looks through it so he can see the lasers that are guarding the laser gun and reaches in to grab the laser gun. But the CGI is so bad that you can see the lasers are like uh -huh. penetrating his hand. So he just takes it. So he puts it in his pants and he's going to leave. And Leslie and Down's like, oh, hello, old Russian general. And then she speaks Russian. And Hulk Hogan's like, mm-hmm. And she asks him another question in Russian, and he's like, mm-hmm. Because that's his plan to get away, is to just, like, blandly agree with everything to pretend like he speaks Russian. Right. But she pulls open his fucking coat, and there's a laser gun, and she's like, oh, my God, stop him. <laughs> so then it's the stupidest chase ever where Hulk Hogan escapes um, into a jet ski that he, like, has a remote car alarm that raises it from the ocean, and he, like, Whatever, jet skis away. Now, Hulk Hogan is a secret agent. Yes. No one knows Hulk Hogan's identity. They all know who Ray Chase is. He's stolen this weapon, but he's left behind like no incriminating evidence because it's like he has his, like wallet and driver's license. Mm -hmm. Somehow, this organization that's comprised literally of like ten people tracks him across the globe to his secret identity of a mild-mannered toy store owner in California somewhere. So as a mild-mannered toy store owner, he has a son. <laughs> that could and... be a toy store owner is so 
ridiculous but yes, right and you know what we're going to talk about this toy store too but i'll get there in a second he has a son his son looks like jonathan taylor thomas um fucked a gelfling and this is what occurred this fucking <laughs> angular puppet looking child um who's the biggest asshole in the world like he's whiny and he's petulant and you can tell that none of his friends actually like him, but I guess that's all they got is to hang out with this kid. Mm. Um, so they're at a baseball game, and he's like, oh, my dad's not going to come again. Like, oh, he's going to miss another game. But then Hulk Hogan breaks, like, all these laws. And so this is the funniest part, because we were talking off air last weekend about how I was watching the old WCW Nitros, mm-hmm. like, pre-Outsider um, entrance. Right. And in one of those episodes, Hulk Hogan gets attacked by the Dungeon of Doom, and their big plan is to shave his mustache. Right. And it's for this movie, I think, because that happened in, like, 95, and this movie came out in 96, so it must have been for filming this movie. Sure. Or Santa Claus with Muscles, which him and this director filmed right before this. Spoiler alert. Oh, he did it back-to-back? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they filmed them in the same year. I think they filmed them both in 95, but this came out in 96. So, while he's driving to meet his kid, he has to take off his Russian, like, commissar outfit and put on, like, just a polo shirt. And he takes off his hair to reveal the Hulk Hogan, like, circular long hair look or whatever. And takes off his mustache. Horrifying. <laughs> to see Hulk Hogan without a mustache. Brother. Brother. <laughs> I swear, brother. It's, it's, it's rough. It's not going over. You know, it's, it's, it's not getting any heat. Um. So he goes to the baseball game, and his son's even more disappointed that he made it. He's like, "Oh, now my dad's here. He wants to play baseball with me." And Hogan is like, "Oh, can I play too?" Because he's got his glove. So right. This and child's, he's a dork. Right. This child's baseball game turns into like a, I don't know, all ages baseball game, and. The fat dude that I guess is like the antithesis to Hulk Hogan because he's like the cool dad hits this pop up and Hulk Hogan catches it, even though everybody thinks he's going to drop it. He gets the out and they win the game. Yeah. Um, Do you know who did did you recognize that guy's voice? Who? No, I don't know. Who was it? The dad, the other dad. Um, It's uh, MC MC Ganey. Yeah. Yeah. It's young MC Ganey. Um, Mm. Anyway, so. As they're leaving the baseball game, or no, they go home and Hulk Hogan's got... So, here's the other thing. He's dispatched by the secret government organization to go steal this laser weapon. But but the answer is, well, you can just keep it at home. You know, like, eh, you don't have to, like, bring it to our top secret place where we can keep it secure. Keep keep it in your keep, keep it in your toy store like that's that's a good idea so that's what happens right. so can, real quick can you explain to everybody how hulk hogan is acting as this dad like can you like, describe it like a robot like i don't know like the most wooden what what is he trying to do and then what's actually happening oh god i can't even describe it I, he's trying to like make the guy seem like humble and meek but it's just fuck there, there's there's a delivery of a line and Frankie and I watched this movie together this evening and Frankie pointed this out where they're talking about how the child's mother has died at some point and the kid is left alone all the time. And Hulk Hogan says something along the lines of, I know your mother's dead. 
but like that's exactly how like he like delivers the line it's like the most matter of fact i know your mother's dead right he's trying not to act like hulk hogan that's that's the opposite of what hulk hogan is is what i don't know terry bolia thinks that this is what a human man like yes yes that's right that's right this is what he thinks the average person right this 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 is this is one of those jabronis in the audience who's looking up to the hulkamania and it's like, like he's, and, 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 and he tries to do the exact same thing in that reality show like 10 years later um all right so anyway i the psychology of hulk hogan is a very long and twisted <laughs> discussion and maybe that'll happen tonight but i just want to get through describing this movie so working for um what's her name Character ba- yeah, Leslie and down. Leslie and down. Um, is Martin Mall, yes, bull from Night Court, yes, with a long, luxurious, greasy head of hair and a goatee, and a metal foot, just from the calf down, and not even the whole calf. Like there's still like two inches of calf above where his metal foot starts. Right. So it's basically just a snow boot. That makes a clanging noise when he walks. So this is the villain. Mm-hmm. And her henchman. So. Rex is his name. Right? Isn't that something like that? Rex. Rex yeah, yeah, Rex. Yep. So Rex is dispatched to take out Hulk Hogan. So Hogan. So first of all, there's a scene where Hogan has to like yell at his kid. Because his kid is picking up the dangerous laser gun and playing with it. Sorry, this movie's dehydrating me. Um, where Hogan has said, this is a prototype ray gun for the store. Like, don't touch it. And the kid's like, oh, but I want to play with it. And then he grabs it and plays with it anyway. And Hogan freaks out because, of course, this is a ray gun that can obliterate a single person. And yells at his kid and he's like, oh, I wouldn't break it or nothing. So then they go to they go to leave to get in the car. And he looks down one street, and there's a police car with a sign on top that says off-duty, which I don't think exists. <laughs> no. And then coming in the other direction, another police car with a sign that says off-duty, and Hogan's like, quick, get in the car. And this is where you find out that these are really bad guys that are coming to get Hogan. So even though nobody knows who this guy is, he works for the most secretive secret organization in the world, and he's supposedly their top super spy. This rinky-dink organization, in the span of, like, three hours or whatever, has found him and tracked him to his goddamn toy store. Yeah. Now, he owns this toy store with an an elderly Asian gentleman, played by James Hong. James Hong is very Chinese. Like, he's a Chinese man. Yes. But he's playing a Japanese man in this movie, because I guess the producers of fucking Secret Agent right, like, like, man... Like- <laughs> like, it's ni- like, like it's like it's nineteen fifty eight, yeah. How you gonna tell? You know, you're not gonna know. Like right. they're, they're, Asian right. is Asian. And they probably didn't say Asian, they probably said Oriental because they're a bunch of racists, but so anyway, so Rex comes Rex and crew come to the store and Hogan and his son like get away in the car. Mm. Dang, I'm thirsty. So There's a secret missile in the car 
that blows up the one cop car. And then they go on this high speed chase and Hogan like drives all crazy and gets the other police car to like flip over and explode or something. But then Rex is on their tail and Hogan has the kid press this button inside the glove compartment. But all that button does is open up the upholstery on the seat of the back, the back seat where Hogan puts the ray gun. And then basically lets himself get captured now. And he's captured and he's gone. Right. Then the kid's by himself. So then the kid is like telling the story to his like jank ass friends about how all this stuff happened and nobody believes him. And he's like, and the kid's not like, the kid's like completely like unfa- unfazed by the fact that his dad has been taken by Bull from Night Court to some undisclosed place. And he's like, oh, if we go outside, I bet we'll see the cop that. You know, the fake cop will be out, out front stalking me. So I go out front and there's no fake cop. But then some dude comes out of the house. And, oh, my God. Oh, they're in the bomb shelter under the house. This is where the secret clubhouse is. This is an unused bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. So they go and the house has been tossed. So as Hogan was being taken, he's like, the only person you can trust is Max John Max Simpson. That's the name you can trust. And so this guy Barry Bostwick appears and they're like hey are you Max Simpson he's like I sure am so obviously like he's obviously not Max Simpson he's just idiots so obvious right so he takes them to what they call the safe house and he performs sleight of hand magic that involves like smoke and they're all impressed and like yeah this guy this guy's this guy's the real deal right so he's like so hey tell me exactly where the oh so i'm sorry rex has chased them at this point and they've gotten away by riding their bikes and escaping him through a junkyard and then over a fence um and there's the smart ass black kid of the group sly he takes the gun and scoots away to the secret base and they're gonna go and that's when um they get cut off by the guy that pretends to be max simpson in a van and they get in his van it's like it's so creepy they're getting in this strange man's van and they've broken the first cardinal rule of like strangers which is like not giving them any information yes like hey are you the person my dad sent yeah yeah that's Uh me come come get in my big white panel van with no windows that's 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 the way to do it so this all occurs and he takes him to the quote-unquote safe house where he's like don't ever leave um so they give him all the information like yeah here's where the gun is here's where all this stuff is so then the guy from the previous scene breaks into their house and he's like i've been looking all over for you kids and he's waving his gun around so then oh so james hong had a grandson named shigeo who this is the ninja portion of this Mm -hmm. is japanese so he knows like supreme martial arts right so he beats the shit out of this man and then they break, and this would, like, drive Orion crazy. They rip the cords out of all the electronics in the house and tie this guy up. <laughs> but then, Simpson, oh, then Max is like, come on, we gotta go. And they're like, yeah, let's go. And they leave, but it turns out that it's Rex is there in the panel van, and they're kidnapping him, because, oh, his name's not Max Simpson. His name's, like, Vincent Valente. Right. Or Vincent Scarletti. Scarletti, <laughs> And they're all bad guys, and so the kids are all pissed off. So Guido. He's like, take me to where the gun is. So they take him to this place, and they go into this fucking 
abandoned building and there's this street gang, like the most multi-ethnic street gang of all time, <laughs> that apparently have some relationship with Sly. And so they all have like automatic weapons and they hold up um, Rex and, and Vincent. And so then they're like, oh, here's the laser gun. So then Vincent goes poof and uses a sleight of hand magic. And now he's got the laser gun against um, Hulk Hogan's kid's head. And he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. Um, but they trick him into shooting the laser gun into like a trifold mirror where the beam. Did, did you get this? Yes, far? I did get this far. Yeah. Oh, so you were, you were like three quarters of the way through the movie. So I don't think that's true. The beam bounces. Oh, I'm telling you, there's not much left. The beam bounces around the trifold mirror yeah. uh -huh. and then reflects back into Vincent, where it shoots like six holes in his torso. Yes. That you can see the light coming through. And then he's like, ah, ba -da -ba -da -ba -da, and he dies. Right. So then Vincent's dead. So then the kids put the gun back in the knapsack and they run away. Um, and the street gang has their guns trained on Rex and Rex has surrendered. Mm -hmm. Now, in the meantime, Hulk Hogan has been being held captive at the evil organization's base where Jack Nance has been using a combination of psychedelic drugs and virtual reality to torture Hulk Hogan into seeing his son continuously reject him and berate him and badger <laughs> him to know the location of the laser gun. Brother. <laughs> and this happens like four times. It and the happens, one time later in his life too. Yeah. Go ahead. The one time they're at the they're at the wife's grave and the kid's like, oh, this is mom's grave and she died because you were never here for either of us. <laughs> You're the worst dad ever. Where's the laser gun? He's like, oh. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan at one point overpowers the power of VR and punches Jack Nance in the face. Um and tries to get away, but then, oh, and the kids have gotten there at that point are communicating with them through a watch radio combination. Um, but then Hogan, like, there's like a piece of cheese on the ground or something, and Hogan gets caught in like the mouse trap, like falling cage trap. So he's trapped and he loses. Hold, the on, hold on a second. I did not see this part. So you're telling me that Hulk Hogan picked up some cheese and got caught in it's a not, cage? It's not cheese, but I can't remember what makes him stop to like bend down and then the cage, he triggers the cage. But there's seriously, it's like a cage in the ceiling. I was really hoping it was cheese. And he's an idiot and something he trips. Oh no, you know what it is? Even though it showed, it's shown early in the movie, his prowess with evading like laser traps. He trips a laser trap, and that causes the thing to fall onto him and trap him. But it's a very small cage, so he has to lay on the ground to be underneath it. And he never tries to get away from it. He just lays underneath it and moans a little bit. Um, and Leslie Ann Down takes his watch communicator and like takes him captive. Mm. Double business. So then... <laughs> double biz <laughs> it is it's 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 super business but the kids are there now so the kids so now all of a sudden rex is back and there's no explanation as to how he got away from the gang he's just back in the fold like i guess they just let him go because mm -hmm. enough time had passed or whatever or he respawned <laughs> so jack nance has him like has hulk hogan kit captured again and the whole movie, Jack Nance keeps talking about 
if he could only drill into Hulk Hogan's brain, he could really get into some information that way, <laughs> which also makes no sense. But now they finally given up on the psychedelic drugs in VR. Uh-huh. And Leslie and Down's like, yeah, go ahead and drill. So they've like drawn a little like circle and crayon on his like big, <laughs> big bald, big bald paint, and they're getting ready to drill into it. Uh-huh. So then the kids show up, and Shigeru, the Japanese kid, um, he tries like ninja fight uh, Rex, but Rex just pushes him to the ground. Um, so then Hulk Hogan hulks up, and I swear to God, like he literally like hulks up. He does. And he does the shaking. Yeah, and starts, like, fighting against Martin Mull, but now he can actually hold his own, whereas before he got his ass beat. Right. Um, and so he punches Martin Mull into... It's it's a series of tragic events. So they... Something hits a breaker, which causes sparks to fly, which causes a slinky... No. The kid throws a slinky, and the slinky hits the electrified panel, and then slinkies down. And lands on Martin Mull's leg as he's about to kick Hulk Hogan and electrocutes Martin Mull. Hmm. And so he's out of the picture. Okay. Um, so you also find out that the guy that was in the house um, early on that you thought was a bad guy, that's mm-hmm. actually Max Simpson. Uh, oh. Like, that's the real Max uh-huh. Simpson. And he uh-huh. was trying to save the kids. Right. So... They keep showing this boat, the secret CIA boat out in the ocean. And all of a sudden, like at the end of the movie, there's all these other boats and airplanes on the CIA boat and helicopters, which were never there in any other establishing shot. Right. And and so they all come to like save the day. And now there's all these like gang members that work for Leslie Ann Down that were never there before. Now they're all like there, but they are scared because the CIA is coming. So they run away. So then. Hulk Hogan and the kids are on the roof of the building and they're trying to I don't remember how they got back on the roof and then they wanted to go back off the roof but anyway that happens so they open the door to go downstairs and they see like one of the fake cops running upstairs so so this doesn't make any sense either so there's like an old style like medieval um, block and um, bracket lock do you know what I'm talking about uh huh like what they would put on the inside of the, um, yeah. you know, portcullis in the medieval movies. Well, there's one of those on the outside of the door going downstairs. So the whole point is to keep people from being able to get from the outs- inside out. Because it's the only way you could lock it would be to put the board in front of that door so nobody could come out. Which makes no sense either, because why does that even exist? But it right. does here. So they, you know, they trap the guys inside. And then everybody takes silly string. And squirt silly string on the ground, and then they open the door, and the guy bursts out because he's an idiot, and he was just like running at full speed against the locked door that he couldn't get out the entire time. Uh-huh. And hitting the silly string makes him slide across the roof and fall to his death. Like he literally <laughs> plummets like six stories and dies. And Hulk Hogan and the children are all high fiving each other. Um, I just high fived myself in real you life. Did. I'm really into telling this story. <laughs> Um, so then there's more guys that are coming <laughs> after him, and they they do the same t- tactic where they shut the door, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Then they open the door again, and then the guys get scared and run away because now there's a helicopter. Like, these guys all have, like, machine guns, and there's a single helicopter with no armaments, but that's, they can't take it. Like, they can't win against a helicopter that's just in the air, like, hundreds of yards away. So they run away. Um... Oh. So anyway, at the end of the day, 
the good guys come and they take out the bad guys and the Hulk Hogan and his son are reunited and everybody knows how cool a dad Hulk Hogan is now. And then there's a rap over the end of this movie. Oh boy. I want to try and find this rap so we can listen to it together. Cause I seriously doubt we'll get any copyright strikes on this shit. Um, so that's it. That's, uh, that's the secret agent club. What do you think about that? I I mean, it feels like I didn't miss, like, a good deal still. Like, maybe it was a little more than half. But um, it's it's an outrageous movie, what I did see. I mean, absolutely outrageous. And Hogan is Hogan's a joke, and the rest of it's not much better. Um, <clears throat> it might be the worst performance I've ever seen Hulk Hogan give. That's saying something. We haven't watched Santa with Muscles yet. That's true. That's true. I've, I've, I have never seen that movie. Um, it must have played through because it is not not showing up in my not finished. Is this wrap over the credits? It is over the end credits. Okay, um, so let me, um, is there any cheese, assuming it was clean, that you would be, that you wouldn't be able to, like, uh, you would have to stop and, like, grab and eat? Pick up? No, I'd be horrified by any cheese on the ground. No, 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 let's say it's on a plate. It's not on the ground. There's a table and there's a plate and there's some type of cheese and you just wouldn't be able to help yourself. Is there? Is... No, I'm not that much of a glutton. I'm not going to eat somebody else's cheese. I don't know whose fucking cheese that is. That's so weird. Like, there's no circumstance where I'm going to see food just sitting somewhere uh-huh. and not know the origin of that food and be like, hey, let me eat that fucking food. Like, that's never going to happen. Oh the, oh that's right. I forgot that the uh, the general in this is uh, Ferris Bueller's dad. Man, this is this is some shit. Because I haven't seen the end of this. All right, let's see here. Do you want me to play this thing? Oh yeah, let's hear it because it cut off. It cuts off really quick in the. All right. Hopefully this plays through Tubi. Can you hear this? Yeah, I can hear it. All right. Hey, what's the word? Say, haven't you heard your dad's a nurse been captured by a woman named me? Who you better believe has something nasty up a sleeve. Velavon is an evil one doing anything just to get that gun. The re- what? Oh, yeah, that's man. Where it off. It didn't give me a chance to, um... Yeah, I know. I think it just... I literally think it just cuts off there. <laughs> well, that's... That's unfortunate. Um... Yeah, I did just let this play through, because you see how Santa with Muscles, like, came up 20 minutes in. I woke up. I must have woke up and just, like, stopped it. 
It was too, uh, it was right. too much for you to take. Uh-huh. He's her brother. <laughs> right. Oh. Um. Doll this thing in, little kid. Um. Yeah, dude, they're just watching the last, like, trying to find the credits and just watching the last 30 seconds of that. There are so many, I forgot how many just, like, random reaction shots there are in this movie where they're trying to convey a character's feelings or just nothing. And it's just, like, a random shot of the person close up for no reason. Um, It's not really conveying anything, probably because they're bad actors. That movie's really tough to watch but kind of funny at times yeah i mean i really okay so secret agent club is a worse movie than teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 but teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 is a much more unwatchable movie than the secret agent club Right. And part of the part of the watchability of Secret Agent Club is our collective infatuation with Hulk Hogan and him as a pop culture pariah in a lot of ways, especially in like the modern era. Right. And just like knowing like the idol worship you had for him when you were like seven compared to like what you know about him as an adult and all those intervening years. It just the hilarious shit that Hogan said like constantly and all the lies. It's just so funny to watch him fail so hard, especially because this is when he's making NWO. No, he's not making it. He's making videos or cutting promos on um, WCW about how he's conquering Hollywood at this time. Yes. Which I guess leading into the Hollywood Hulk Hogan like character that he plays in the NWO. And man, unintentionally, but yeah, he is making Santa with muscles and this and blue thunder and that other fucking movie we watched where he was the commando or whatever i can't remember the the ultimate weapon ultimate weapon yeah 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 yeah. like just terrible shit like direct-to-video garbage yes who's who really like (laughs) i mean it's a it's it's a wonder that like the rock and steve austin were able to get movie roles like 10 years later because you would think that Hogan would have killed it for everybody. Yeah, like just sunk like, up the joint so much that Right. Like, yeah. oh my god, we can't ever yeah. let a wrestler. Right. Professional wrestler? Oof. Yeah. I mean that's what we talked about when we watched um Mr. Nanny was like together. Like like that was that dude's last shot of like possible like any kind of box office success. And like everything that like we've talked about since um yeah it's just him just like trying to like still still thinking he has a place in hollywood through these low budget things and they're just dreadful they're awful yes but hilarious oh yeah right yeah (laughs) you will rarely it would be almost impossible i think to see a movie that has as much unintentional comedic value (laughs) <laughs> Even movies like this movie and Suburban Commando and Mr. Nanny that are comedies, like they're supposed to be funny, but the stuff that's supposed to be funny is not funny. Right. And the stuff that is funny is the stuff that, 
I mean, it's funny in the wrong way. It's not funny because they were trying to make that part funny. You're right. laughing at the thing. It's very meta, like watching a Hulk Hogan movie. Right. Because so you're laughing which, around the jokes. Which character was better out of the two that we've talked about on the spin? Is it Ray Chase or Dave Dragon? Hmm. And I don't be... even know. I'm not even defining better. <laughs> Just <sighs> answer that how you wish. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think Ray Chase is a more relatable human being because I'm Dave Dragon is just like he's a coward and he's craven and he's completely self-centered. I mean, it really Dave Dragon is probably a more genuine reflection of Terry Bolia than Ray Chase because Ray Chase is ultimately like a stand-up dude who comes out on top, you know. Well, but they have, to be saved. they have to be saved by children too though so i don't know um oh the other thing too is this movie clearly was trying to like pull some fucking goonies nostalgia out of its ass Dude, and be like, like the, hey like the middle 45 minutes all the kids like, yeah yeah oh, it's, it. it's, there's almost no hogan right for like 30 minutes of this movie is mm-hmm. this 45 is that oh my god that'd be awful um you got to have some Hogan there, you know, brother, just to, just to balance things out. You need right. the Hulkster. Does he do a wrestling move at the end? Like in the final battle when he hawks up? He, he does some, he does some, like, like a close pseudo, Like he's not like, yeah, he's not like dropping legs or anything, but, um, you know, he's like giving chops and he does a, um Irish whip at one point. He Irish whips um Martin Mull into a, the electrical panel, which is what causes a whole sequence yeah. of events that leads to Martin Mulley getting electrocuted I by I found that I'm watching it. Like, throw, toss, punch. Yeah. Oh, he body slam. He's body slamming him. He body slams him to the table. Damn. Oh, right, right. That's a non-breakable table. Wow. This is so obviously not Martin Ball. Like the- <laughs> this is real life, dude. Well, it's just like, it's so obvious that it's, oh my god, there's the slinky. Um, no, I'm just saying it's uh, so obvious a stunt person. Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. It's a good Man. fight sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking... Like they're all, these dorks are all wearing these fucking headsets, man. <laughs> Like I don't remember. Out, like they're out of the old Battlestar Galactica or something. Yeah. That was a way to keep um mm. I yeah, can't I, even explain I'll, it. They're, they're way to keep in touch it. with each yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll um You're not gonna dig it. I don't know. It's pretty There's cool. so much high fiving in this. Just scanning. So, quick update. Corey Feldman. This is fucking weird, man. Corey Feldman does Donatello in the original Ninja Turtles. Is not around for Secret of the Ooze. And then comes back for Ninja Turtles 3. wonder what he was filming during Secret of the Ooze. Um, I, I don't know. Like, some... 
some testimonials for the rehab he was probably in or something. Mm. I mean, he's obviously coming back and just taking whatever he can get, kind of. Because that's like when he's like during, uh, he comes back for that. He's doing like uh, the Showtime stuff by then. National Lampoon's movies when National Lampoon's not a thing anymore. Um, Dream a Little Dream 2. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's he's hard up for some money. Um, and then I asked chat what a movie would be about if it was about if the main character was a ninja, but there was no action. And the ninja doesn't fight. And they gave me a synopsis for a movie called Silent Shadows. Mm. And they basically gave me the plot of the first, like, whatever, dozen episodes of Aroni Kenshin. Where he's, like, refusing to fight and all that stuff and just helping the village. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's not a bad idea. Right, yeah, like it, 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 it gave me, it gave me a, a clear synopsis of what this movie would be about. Middle-aged ninja Ryu, uh, who, like, due to tragic events in in his past, is um, you know, whatever, refuses to fight and uses like you know the the power of like compassion and um, honesty and all that kind of stuff, like to uh, eventually, like even with like the the bandit leaders, like, you know, like, the villagers are so, like, uh, inspired by this guy that, um, they challenge, like, the bandit's worldview that had been terrorizing them, and, um, the bandit kind of, like, leader, like, acquiesces to, um, his spirit as well. So, it all ends with no action, no bloodshed. What if... There's a ninja. All right, it's a it's a teen comedy, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Yamoto, who lives next door to like the uh, let's see where are we what what era are we setting this in? The year is 1989. The rambunctious teen is Corey Haim <laughs> with a wicked mullet and a feather earring. And his neighbor, Mr. Yamoto. Oh, Mr. Mio. Okay. All right. I thought it was Miyamoto. All right. No, no, no. Yamoto. I, it doesn't okay. matter. It's just some Japanese name. Right. Um, who's henpecked by his wife. He keeps trying to go to the 7-Eleven where Corey Haim works to get the newest issue of Penthouse without anybody seeing him. So he uses his ninja skills to like blend in with his surroundings but every time he gets close to the magazine rack that's at the back of the store uh-huh. some something occurs and it foils him and he has to like ninja teleport out of the store real quick and that's that's the whole that's that's the gimmick his gimmick in that movie is him using ninja skills to try and like score this even though he would still pay for it he's honorable i don't know but it's the chase, you know, that's the thing. And he can't let anybody see him because he doesn't want anyone telling his wife that, you know, he's in there trying to buy some, like, some girly magazine. Um, and it really fits in with, like, 
the whole eighties thing. Cause at one point there's two guys that are friends with Corey Haim that the owner of the seven 11 wants to kick out, but Corey Haim lets hang out there and drink Slurpees for free and play the kangaroo machine in the corner. And they're like looking at the centerfold of the penthouse. Like, yeah. And you see Mr. Yamoto, he's like balanced, like precariously on the chips, like looking down and like, Oh, and then he falls over and like, there he causes this loud noise and he has to teleport away. What do you think? What did, um, what did Martin Weaver say? It's like, you know, you got like, you got, you got like half a movie with holes, you know, you don't have a female lead, like, you know, um, <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny though. No, honestly, um, you did it. I mean, you, you, and it's more interesting than what Jack came up with. So Hollywood pay your writers, <clears throat> right? Look, man, I'm here to break the SAG strike. <laughs> Yes, that's what that's what that's that's what that's what we have the power to do. I'll be I'll I'll, I'll be a scab. I can write movies forever. Oh, okay. but I'm you're gonna ideas. break it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put them all out of business because I have all the ideas for Hollywood. This is this this is my ultimate revenge for this podcast is like funneling great ideas to producers in Hollywood. But see, ultimately, it has the opposite effect because they use my ideas and then they bankrupt their studios. Then they have to pay the writers what they want to come back to, like, recoup some of their losses. (laughs) (laughs) So, Screenwriters Guild of America, you're welcome. Yes. I guess it isn't SAG. SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. Yes. It's the SWG. Yes. Whatever. They need to, like, pay them what they're worth so we can have entertainment. Because yeah. I'm not going through another era like we did when this happened before, where I was watching direct video shit all the time and wishing I was dead. <laughs> yeah. So which of these? So which of these movies is your is your chagrin movie? Or do you want me to co-list? I can co-list them. That's fine. Um. Let's co-list them. I think okay. they're both worthy. Mm-hmm. Um. The Turtles is like a seven. Okay. Um. It's not. There's nothing good about that movie, but aside from some minor, like, stuff that was common for the time, like the wacky humor type thing, um, it's, you know, whatever. It's it's just, it's there. It's, it's not good in any event. I would never want to see it again, but it wasn't, like, abysmal. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Secret Agent Club is probably a six. Like, I think it's a little less chagrin and something that i genuinely enjoyed at moments even though i was not enjoying it for the intended purpose it still brought me some some measure of pleasure um wish we could have heard the whole end rap of that thing because it was written by the guy that directed the movie oh awesome yeah um yeah i did try to do a google search see if it's on but i couldn't find it anywhere the power eve she got some evil things up her sleeve (laughs) word so there's a movie. Did Orion watch this movie? I can't remember if this happened or not. There's a movie called McKinsey's Island or McKinsey's Island that has no Wikipedia entry on it. Um, and it is on YouTube, actually. And I have no idea. Like, oh, what? Secret Agent Club is on YouTube in full. You might be able to get the rap that way. Oh yeah, true. I didn't think to look there. Um, 
Let's look real quick. I'll probably have to like watch like some kind of fucking ad. Um, yep. Two ads? I don't know, just one. All right. You wouldn't have to if you were me. I know. I'm one of the four people in the country that play for YouTube Red. (laughs) All right. Could you hear that when it was playing, Frank? Or was Zoom actually working appropriately and not playing the ad? No, I could. I I can't hear the ad. Okay. All right. Just making sure. All right. Oh, this is the rousing ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Max Simpson made a sign that says Secret Agent Club. Here we go. Hey, what's the word? Say, haven't you heard your dad? The nerd's been captured by a woman named me. Who you better believe has something nasty up her sleeve. Bella Bunn is an evil one. Doing anything just to get that gun. The ray gun. Ray gun. Ray gun. Ray about rex as well no he just gets electrocuted no, no. <laughs> that, that 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 verse it started out about rex but it didn't sound like it ended. was rex sly yeah rex is sly he's after him the whole time This never ends. It's amazing. It's never nighttime in this movie. Yeah, end it with that explosion. Oh my god, it's still going! This is the go hammer part. (laughs) Right, we just got past the black sheet part. Oh 
Alright, we get to see who, um, who performed this. Planet K did the music, vocals by B Money and The Spare Chain. Nice. out on that so you can presume that it just keeps going forever fucking hell fucking hell what are we doing Frank <laughs> living our best lives especially me <laughs> oh Category for next week is hole in one. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I really think I know what I'm going to watch. Okay, <laughs> good, awesome. Because I would, I mean, obviously there's like a, a some kind of genre there, but that is not one. That is a that's an O category hole in one. <clears throat> oh, he made that category. Yeah. I wonder if he was like secretly trying to get me to watch something pornographic. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Like, I, I mean, a couple of his categories have innuendo in them, I believe. So, um, or or I don't know, obvious references to. Um. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, hole in one. Yeah, I know what I'm going to watch. So, all right, cool. Um. Hmm. So what else we got to talk about? Anything? No, I don't think so. No, um, nothing. In, nothing at all. I don't think so. What do you want? Ge geopolitics? The Dow? What do you got? I don't know. What I don't know what to say about the Dow. I don't pay attention. <laughs> um, Russia. You want to talk about Russia? Almost like possible. almost a coup. Almost a coup, not a coup. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe a coup. Nah, they didn't succeed. I don't think Wagner or whatever. Something, something, something weird's going on over there still. Yeah, that was something weird's always going on over there. Yeah, secret squirrel shit. They got a guy that looks like fucking Mighty Mouse, like seventy years later, running their country. <laughs> you know, I see, it, I see different pictures of the guy that runs Wagner, and it's like, um. He um, and sometimes he just looks like an old man, and sometimes he looks like the most grizzled old fucker in the world. And yeah. I can't, I can't get a real read on like the guy. It's like it's like when Putin was in his McMahon phase, and he was walking around in like tank top, showing off his muscles, <laughs> like shirtless on the horseback and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. It's like I don't ever believe that was really Putin. 
You think it was like Photoshop or something? Oh, who knows? You're never going to tell. I mean, it looked pretty, um, it looked like a fucking 55 year old man's, like, that had nothing to do all day, but, like, you know, spend like two hours, like, pumping some iron. Like, um, yeah, he, he thinks he's something, though. But, uh, I mean, regardless of, you know, whether, like, that was, like, a real attempt or what, like, I mean, he's been made to look like a bitch, so, um, like, long-term, like, it doesn't do it doesn't do Putin any favors whatsoever. Whatever. My shit will probably get hacked tonight now. Mm. <clears throat> nah, we don't, we don't rate. We don't rate? No. <laughs> Like, just even as a troll job from some, like, like you know, fucking farm somewhere, like, you know, sitting there, like, you know, like, if anybody calls Putin the bitch, like, I just get, like, some sort of, like, you know, gif, like, you know, that takes over my computer that's just, like, Putin saying, like, who's a bitch now? And Actually, that, you know what's going to happen? What's up? You just get Infowars in all your social media, like, <laughs> Infowars ads. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you'll never, you'll never actually get hacked or anything because you don't ma- merit that kind of like time. Right. But you're just gonna get subtly annoyed for the rest of your life. Um, <clears throat> that already happens now. Sir. Well, there you go. It's gonna be even worse. <laughs> you don't. You're what's what's most... more? What's more than subtly annoyed? Like, how does that? What's the like superlative to like that? Like, just moderately annoyed, I guess. I don't know. No, it has to get worse. Well, subtly annoyed means that, like, more subtly annoyed. Yeah, no, you're just it's just it's just it's just open annoyance. It's not even subtle. It's like you open up Facebook one day, and one of your friend requests just says, "Chris is a bitch." (laughs) If that's aimed at you or not, and for the rest of the day, you're like, "Why was that my first friend request?" friend suggestion on Facebook. Hi. <laughs> uh, I've had to start a, like another fucking post-it note tonight for potential episode. <clears throat> Glad I can help. The seeds uh, of my own destruction. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Sown on my own fertile soil. <laughs> All right, so next week, hole in one, you know what you're doing. I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening to um to, to, to Ninja Turtles and Hogan. That's a very 90s. 90s really, I, t- I told you, it's it's indicative of the mid 90s. It is. Um, Hogan without a mustache too. The entire movie. Uh, man, it's really disturbing to see that when I turned. I forgot yeah. how. Yeah. Because really it makes it makes everything under his nose look like a ball sack because of the <laughs> way like his throat is like wrinkling up. It's just like it's just balls. Do you, do you do you know if I somebody see you should have been around to like warn him about it? Because like do you realize how self conscious he would have gotten if somebody would have like told him like yo Terry, like you know you without that mustache, your upper lip looks like a ball sack. He would have been so self-conscious, he would have never won without the mustache. God, you know, he might have gone full Phantom of the Opera, though. Like, there's that, so he cuts a promo in 96, or 95, where he's wearing 
it's like he stumbled into the prop closet of like some Turner <laughs> Network show. He's wearing a like Zorro face mask that comes out. It had to be like some Phantom of the Opera mask with a black cape, and he's got like fucking Excalibur. And he's in a castle, and he's talking about how the Macho Man is going to bring him... No, no, it's not Macho. It is Macho Man. Macho Man is going to bring him the head of Ming from the Dungeon of Doom. It's it's the most amazing promo ever. It's think after... He, it's he after, Drew McIntyre? I don't know what he... Th- maybe that's where Drew got it from. Maybe. Hogan's, Hogan was probably sitting there in 95 like, oh, this is such good shit. Why didn't I think of this? Right. <laughs> right, they, right, Hogan... Hogan Hogan probably is jealous that he didn't think to bring the sword to the ring. He should have. He should have. I mean that this is after Hogan should have turned in, Hogan should have turned into He-Man. That's I think that's what he was trying to build. Well, no, he wasn't he couldn't be He-Man. Hogan would have been Skeletor because this is when the darkness was claiming Hogan. Oh god. Because I the ultimate the thing, ultimate yeah. story is that Hulkamania overcomes the darkness and Hogan rips off his black costume and he's got like the orange and yellow underneath and that's like oh he's he's hawked back up but people cared so little (laughs) that the storyline just died i mean they had brutus beefcake in like black and white face paint and brutus beefcake's gimmick was if you said yes he would say no and if you said no he would say yes and you could you could do it enough where he would just hoot real loud and jump, run back and forth, going yes, 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 no, 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 hoot, 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 hoot. Yeah, and That's this right. is this is like one of the most over wrestlers of 1988. Like is doing this <laughs> on screen with no irony in 1995. Right. This is around the time that Hogan starts losing his shit because he's like so like upset like about um. His reaction and stuff like that. But he starts oh, blaming. Yeah. He starts blaming Meltzer and is like, "That's the whole like observe this brother." And like and like throws the fucking like newsletter in the fucking tra- burning trash can on TV and shit. <laughs> like he's like super paranoid around this time. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, but the problem is, is he's gotten all his cronies to come and like join him in. So you've got the Nasty Boys, Brutus Beefcake, um, Earthquake is there. Uh, I guess Tugboat had been there and gone. Um, who else is there then? I don't know. And all booked by, what's his name? Fucking Taskmaster. Uh, Kevin Sullivan? Yeah, Kevin Sullivan, who's one of my least favorite people in all of wrestling ever. Like, just one of the worst human beings. My God, I can't do a Boston accent. To ever, I like, I book- could. Oh, father, oh. you would have you brought me today. That's how it goes. He's like, like- I'm... Son, like this, I like fucking the this, 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 like kind of like dark, like supposedly like manipulative, mystical, like devil worshiper, but he's got a Boston accent. Fucking hilarious, right? Right, and he's fucking Kevin Sullivan. Yes, he looks like a leprechaun. Oh, I forgot they had like, a leprechaun yeah. in in the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, it was um, Braun. Fuck, what was his name? I can't remember, but it's fucking hilarious. It's just it's yeah, it's it's a cartoon. Like Hogan, Hogan thought that like the slightly cartoonish nature of Vince's product, like, was what like worked, and then he thought it was going to keep working into the nineties, and it didn't. 
Like he, he went like he fucking went to the nth degree with all the cartoon nature. Oh yeah. That. You know, um and then and then thought like it was still gonna work and didn't understand like I mean, yes. he, worked him, he worked himself into a shoot, man. Yes, that's absolutely right. That's what's Yes. It was like he watched wrestling for 10 years, and the only thing he took from it was that Coco Beware got a pop when he came out with a bird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, look, I mean, all those vignettes and everything, like, you know, like, that that's him, like, still trying to think that he could be a movie star. Like the whole like you know being down underground with the fucking yeah. Dungeon of Doom's cavern like you know it's not hot it's, it's not like, hot like um that's that's him still thinking he can like like have like some piece like you know even if it's like a B or C movie piece he still thinks he can have a piece of Hollywood um and yeah it's it's, it's I mean, really sad I mean it's really sad like I, I'm I don't know I I mean fuck that dude ultimately at the end of the day but it's really sad like. I think it also is a huge reaction to how over Warrior was and not understanding, like, number one, that that's just lightning in a bottle in a lot of ways at that time period. Yeah, well, it was lightning in a bottle when he was still there in WWF. Yeah. That's what I mean. In WWF, yeah. that, like, I think that Hogan looked at that as being the thing that, like, really was kind of his undoing in WWF was the Warrior's popularity. Mm-hmm. And trying to, like, emulate that through, like, the weirdness and the mysticism and everything. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. And not realizing, yeah. because a lot of those, you know, they actually even say that Zodiac is, like, they don't call him the ultimate warrior, but they call him something similar to that. He's, like... <laughs> is Hogan trying to get his win back over Warrior, like, through Brutai? <laughs> yeah, through, through Brother Brutai. <laughs> It's like he's the final warrior to come through the dimensions. Oh, and blah, 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 blah. Chaos, the yin and the yang. And then his gimmick is to hoot and say yes when you say no and no when you say yes. Fucking like, amazing. Need, he just need to just need to get those ratings up some wait a couple of years and get that win back over warrior. No, he did it. He did. Oh, he absolutely did. Right. So um, the, the entire point of the Monday Night Wars <laughs> was for Hogan. <laughs> Was for Hogan to get that win back by Pin and Warrior. <laughs> they they was was Joko dead by then? Like I can't remember when he died. Like um, I'm surprised they didn't have like fucking Yoko. Nah, like... Yoko was alive until the early 2000s because he's um. Remember, he was supposed to be part of that. Uh... Or no, he is part of that Legends of Wrestling thing, like the thing that's considered oh, to be yeah, the worst. He is, and that's like 2000, 2001, right? It's 2000. He dies in 2000. Um. So, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't try to get Yoko back. That's the only person I think that like has has like a win on him. Um, that he never got back. You know that at some point Hulk Hogan has gone to Yokozuna's grave and like done a leg drop over like the ground and then pinned the tombstone. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's any anybody like you know any kind of like a Samoan that he like beat. Does he like beat like Umanga or something like that at some point? Like, um, I don't know if they were ever wrestling together, were they? I don't know. Like, Hogan was around during they were around during the same time. That's R slash WWE games. That's probably not right. Um, I don't know. I have to do research on that. See if like he ever like beat like um a Samoan 
like in mid two thousands or something like that. Did they ever beat Jimmy Snuka? Uh I don't think Snuka was ever a heel. Like after yeah, a certain that's point. True. Um I'm trying to think TNA. If there's anybody, I don't think there's any any Samoans or any overweight guys. That Joe, he never beat Joe. Nah, Hogan actually doesn't wrestle in TNA that much. It's only like a handful of matches. Um, his back was too fucked up. Um, he was brought in like as a, a star power to like try to like pop a rating by being like a basically the Vince role, like the Vince role on WWE. Um, the general manager. Booker slash dude, um, but <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, yeah, you're right. He probably does. He probably like goes and like you know fucking he probably yeah, he probably gives a leg drop and then like pisses on like Yoko's grave. Oh, he, he no, he's not gonna piss. He's got to get that pin. He's got to roll up the dirt. <laughs> oh, he like takes like. Like grabs like some dirt and like throws it in his own eyes first, so he, just so he can hawk up. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> then, like, he, he probably like he probably um throws himself into the tombstone and then bleeds <laughs> so he gets some color. <laughs> yeah. Yes, bleed. Yes. Gotta get that. Get that bleed ju- for the, get, that, get that juice. Get that juice, brother. <laughs> gotta bleed for the business. Right. You know, Yoko. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> can you hear me down there? <laughs> Jesus Christ, we got Dallas thing in, dude. Um, fucking brother, we're gonna go into business for ourselves here, right? <laughs> and then, uh, and then <laughs> he's just, he's just, he's just wearing, he's just wearing like a t-shirt and like these fucking like yellow, the yellow um trunks. And he pulls this like crumbled, like steno, like spiral notebook out, and he just puts another notch down for his win. <laughs> got got another one, brother. Another one in the column. That dude. Did you um? Did you watch the wrestling bios thing where they reviewed Hogan? Um. The the NW the WCW official video. Oh yeah, when he yeah absolutely. Yeah. Oh right, because we talked about it. Yeah, that thing is hilarious. Yeah, that dude is. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> that guy, like his mind's like on a different planet. Like seriously. Um. I don't know. I I don't even know. Like. Yeah. That guy. That guy. It's, it's it's such it's a weird amazing. mixture like i mean like this is the dude that like made a distinction between hulk hogan's dick and terry balea's dick right in a fucking you know in a trial right i have a coaster On the stand. i have a coaster that says no no 10 inch python here brother that i do in the glens one night <laughs> right because we were we were watching like footage from the trial and laughing uh... But that's fine because Orion will pay that man two hundred dollars for an autograph someday. He will. He will. Right. Um, Don't tell him you won't. (laughs) All right. So next week we'll be back with hole in one. Thanks for listening this week, everybody. Deuces.